Greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sunday School Podcast for November 19th, the 25th Sunday after Pentecost. And we're continuing our look at 120 Bible stories using the CPH book of the same name as our guide. And today we've reached the story of Jacob and Esau in Genesis chapters 25 and 27. If you're using the CPH Bible Storybook as well, this story takes place. It's found on page 30 of that text. So, with the last story, we had the transition from Abraham to Isaac in the book of Genesis. And we really don't have a whole lot of Genesis spent on the life of Isaac. He's, of course, the, uh, the miracle child born to Abraham and Sarah in their old age. He has a brother named Ishmael, um, a half-brother born to Abraham and Sarah's maidservant, Hagar. Isaac's claim to fame in his younger years is that he's nearly sacrificed by Abraham at God's command, but God provides a ram to be sacrificed in his place. Then we move rather quickly on to last week's Bible story where Abraham's servant finds a wife for Isaac by traveling back to Abraham's uh, family in the city of Haran. And the servant brings back Rebekah as his wife, and the two are, you know, smitten with each other, love at first sight. And that's Genesis 24, which leads us to 25 and the start of today's story. Now, as Genesis 25 opens, a few details get covered before we get to the story. First off, after Sarah dies, Abraham remarries. His new wife's name is Keturah. And remember, Abraham is, is well over the century mark by now. Um, but, but he and Keturah have several children. Six sons, Zimran, Jokshan, Midian, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua, and they have more sons. And so, uh, so there are more descendants of Abraham, all of whom move eastward to the east country, says Genesis 25, verse 6. Uh, they move that way because Abraham sends them that direction. But all that Abraham has, as promised, goes to Isaac. Abraham lives to the age of 175 years. He dies in Genesis 25, verse 8. And when he is buried, he's buried by both Isaac and Ishmael. No record that the sons of Keturah are there, but, but Isaac and Ishmael um, they, they meet together and they bury Abraham, their son. So there's some level of, of um of friendship or familiarity between Isaac and Ishmael that perhaps wasn't there in their, in their earlier years. We have in a brief, uh, a brief genealogy of the descendants of Ishmael in Genesis 25, verses 12 through 18. And that brings us then to the story of the birth of Esau and Jacob, starting at chapter 25, verse 19. And that's where our story for today begins. So verse 19 and following of chapter 25. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. 
Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Paddan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve the younger. All right, so we'll stop here for a minute or two and look at these verses. Before Isaac was born, you'll remember Sarah, Abraham's wife, was barren. She was barren until she was 90 years old, and so Isaac is a, mar- a miracle child. Isaac marries Rebekah when he is 40 years old, and Jacob and Esau are born when Isaac is 60 years old, which means for the first 20 years of their marriage, Rebekah is also barren. So we have this, uh, this, this theme once again of a miracle child, in this case, miracle children to be born. And for 20 years, Isaac and Rebekah have to live by faith in God's promise because they have the promise that, um, that Abraham would be the father of a great nation through Isaac. And now Isaac has no children for the first 20 years of his marriage. Finally, though, the Lord hears their prayers and grants their prayers. And Rebekah conceives, she conceives twins. And the twins appear to be struggling with each other in her womb. And and so it says she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord answered her. Now, this prophecy is probably made from the Lord to Rebekah through Isaac, since Isaac is called a prophet along with Abraham and Jacob in Psalm 105, 15. But the prophecy is, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. Now, of course, the two children are Esau, who will be born first, as we'll hear in a second, and then Jacob. Esau will be the father of the nation of the Edomites. Jacob will be, of course, the, uh, the next patriarch in the line of Israel. So both Jacob and Esau will be the fathers of nations. Esau, as the firstborn, should be the older and stronger and entitled to, to all that Isaac has. But the Lord prophesies here that the older shall serve the younger. So, Jacob, the little brothers, is prophesied, foretold by God, to be the child who matters, at least as far as the messianic promise goes. Or to put it another way, Jacob is next in the messianic line, not because of his station, not because he's the firstborn son, 
He's in the messianic line because God says so, and it's God's word that matters, not the station of man. All right, so Rebecca is pregnant with twins. They're struggling with one another. God gives us prophecy, and then we read in, in verse 24, when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the first child is named Esau, and it appears to be connected to the red hair all over his body like a hairy cloak when he's born. Um, to be truthful, we don't know what the name Esau means in Hebrew, but it's, it's related to that, that red hair. Um, the, the name Edom, the, the nation born from Esau, his descendants, um, that means red for sure. And so um, that reflects that he is reddish in appearance because of his hairiness upon birth. Although he'll get the name Edom later on when he, uh, when he eats Jacob's reddish stew just a few verses from now. So we're not sure what Esau, the name, means. We do know that the name Jacob can mean heal, or may God protect, or deceiver. And all of those meanings are going to play a part in the story. When Esau is born, Jacob's right behind him holding on to his heel. Soon we'll find Jacob involved in a deception. He deceives Isaac to get the blessing intended for Esau. And throughout his life, God protects Jacob. So all three meanings of Jacob's name hold in the story of Jacob. Now we have a quick jump of years from their birth to, uh, to their adulthood. We read in verse 27 and following, when the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So Esau returns from a hunt. He's very hungry. Um, we don't know if he actually thinks he's starving. He just doesn't take things seriously. But in exchange for some stew and some bread, 
Esau gives up his birthright, swears to it. And in selling his birthright, Esau forfeits all that should come to him as the firstborn. Now, whatever was going to go to Esau is going to go to Jacob, according to Esau's vow. And this will be finalized. This will be sealed by Isaac's blessing when he blesses his sons. Now, there's no record that Isaac knows about this incident. We do know that Isaac does favor Esau over Jacob. And so the deception is coming. But now we have a break in the action for for, uh, Genesis chapter 26. Um, And a few things happen here. There's there's famine in, in the land of Canaan. And so Isaac relocates his family to the Philistines. And uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, but he, he pulls the same stunt that Abraham did twice. Abraham did this once with the, with the Egyptians and, and with the Philistines where he moved and, and tried to pass off Sarah as his sister rather than his wife because he was afraid that, that men would kill him to, to get his wife because he was so beautiful. And, and Isaac tries the same thing with the Philistines. Yeah, Rebecca is my sister, not my wife. And it doesn't work out any better that time either. But Isaac and Rebekah stay there and they prosper. So they only add to the wealth that Isaac received from Abraham. And then they return to Canaan. This time, this chapter covers several years of time. And there's one more note in, in Genesis 26, and that is that, um, that Esau gets married twice. He marries two Hittite women, and, uh, and whatever else these, these wives are like, they make the lives of Isaac and Rebekah bitter. So now we have Isaac and Rebekah with two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau has married two Hittite women. And now we reach 27, chapter 27, and it's time for the blessings. So starting at chapter 27, verse 1, we read, When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. All right, so it's time to bless Esau, and and Isaac kind of, um, to make it a special occasion, he sends out Esau to, to hunt down some game. To prepare it well, and then once they've eaten, he will bless Esau. Isaac is about 137 years old. Um, His eyesight is failing. And if Isaac is 137 years old, that means Jacob and Esau are already 77 years old. Esau goes off to the hunt. So, 27 verse 5 and following. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, 
Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go and bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goat she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck, and she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son, Jacob." So, mom and one son launches deception against father and the other son. So the next Thanksgiving is probably not going to go well when they all sit down for dinner. But this uh, this plot of deception, it's it's a convoluted thing. So on the one hand, Rebecca and Jacob are clearly guilty of plotting to deceive Isaac and Esau so that Esau is deprived of the blessing he should get as firstborn. And there's some evidence that, that, um, that Rebecca is trying to distance herself from this because, you know, she, she, uh, she says to Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother, not my husband said to my son, right? So she's trying to create some distance there. But she's gotta she's gotta buy into this because when when uh, when Jacob says what if what if uh, Dad curses me, Rebecca says let your curse be on me. All right. So so Rebecca and Jacob are clearly guilty of seeking to deceive Isaac and deprive Esau of the blessing. But they're not the only ones at fault here. Isaac desires to bless Esau with a blessing that first off, Esau swore to give to Jacob. But more importantly, remember that prophecy in chapter 25, verse 23, that the older will serve the younger. Especially if Isaac was the prophetic voice that spoke God's word to Rebekah, he knows that prophecy. Even if he wasn't the one who said that, he knows the prophecy that that Esau will serve Jacob. So in seeking to give the blessing of the firstborn to Esau, Isaac is seeking to circumvent God's prophecy that the older will serve the younger. So the, the lesson of this deception ultimately is not that uh, Jacob is a conniving deceiver who manipulates his brother. 
The, the lesson, the big takeaway here is that the Lord keeps his promise despite the machinations of sinners and sometimes through the machinations of sinners. Remember Joseph when, uh, when he revealed himself to his brothers who had sold into slavery? He said, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Remember the cross where, where, where the Pharisees and chief priests and, and, and others, they, they plot um, deception and they plot false accusations to have Jesus put to death. And God certainly uses their evil for our good because Christ's death atones for our sins. Now, God could have kept his promise without Rebekah's and Jacob's deception. But when they worked to deceive Jacob and deprive Esau, God makes use of that ultimately for our good. So we have this elaborate deception where, uh, where Jacob finds these two goats from the flock. Rebecca prepares the meat for a meal. Um, she cooks it in, in Esau's style. So Isaac thinks it's, it's, it's Esau's um, game from the hunt. And meanwhile, Rebecca takes those, those goat skins and she puts them on, on, on Esau's, I'm sorry, on Jacob's neck and, and arms so that if Isaac, nearly blind Isaac, feels Jacob's skin. He'll feel hairiness, not smoothness. And how about Esau having the same skin and hair texture as goats, for crying out loud? Anyways, um, so, so the, the, the plot is prepared, and now it's time to, uh, time to execute the plan. So verse 18 so he, Jacob, went in to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, uh, because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Wow, so multiple times Isaac asks Jacob, are you Esau? And each time Jacob confirms, I am Esau. There's no going back and saying, oops, it was a slip of the tongue. Jacob is clearly out to deceive his father. So after the meal in verse 26, we read, Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. 
And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. A couple of notes about this blessing. First off, when Isaac blesses Jacob saying, Be Lord over your brothers, he is in fact defying God's promise that the older will serve the younger. He is seeking to circumvent what God has said. Secondly, though, and much more happily, this blessing does more than declare that nations will bow down to Jacob and Jacob's line. There's also here a recollection of the Lord's promise of the Messiah to Abraham. Because in Genesis 12, verse 3, the Lord promised Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And here, the, here Isaac says to Jacob, Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. So it's not just that all nations will bow down to Jacob's descendants because they'll be a powerful nation, but all nations will bow down to the Messiah who will be born through Jacob's line. Interesting then that in this blessing that includes the Messiah, we have a mention of the dew of heaven and plenty of grain and wine. So water, grain for bread and wine, Maybe a hint of sacraments here. Maybe. Anyways, after the blessing, the chapter continues with verse 30. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came and I have blessed him. Yes, and me shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, 
and all his brothers I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. So we we have this this aftermath here. Esau feels cheated. He says, Jacob took my birthright when Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. And now, sounds strange to our ears, but Isaac says, the blessing I gave Jacob is irrevocable. And after all, Isaac is a prophet. He has spoken this blessing of God to whom he thought was, was Esau. But even though it's Jacob, Jacob receives the blessing. And so now, even though Isaac didn't intend it to be this way, now Isaac has declared that Esau will serve Jacob. So Isaac unwittingly and unwillingly fulfills God's promise that the older will serve the younger. It's a bad scene. Esau's weeping, wants another blessing. So Isaac comes up with another blessing in verse 39. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now, note it doesn't say that, uh, that Isaac blessed Esau. It says that he said this to him. So, so it's more of a prophecy that Esau will serve his brother Jacob. It will not be an easy life. It will be a violent life. And someday Esau or his descendants will rebel against Jacob and his descendants. Not much of a blessing. Verse 41 and following, Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob her younger son and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? All right, so so Esau has numbered Jacob's days. As soon as their father Isaac dies, Esau plans to do a double burial and kill Jacob as well. Rebecca hears about this and sends Jacob off to Laban. But rather than admit complicity in the deception, she says to Isaac, Look, 
we both despise Esau's two wives. If Jacob marries a Hittite, I'm going to die. And this is how she explains sending off Jacob to Laban. As Isaac got Rebekah from Laban's household, now she sends Jacob off to Laban's household, ostensibly to find a wife for himself. And Jacob will. And because Jacob the deceiver is deceived, he'll end up with two wives. But that's a different story. In the meantime, real quick, how does this story of Jacob and Esau point to Christ? Well, first off, this story continues the next generation of the Messianic line. We heard about Abraham, then Isaac, And now Jacob and Esau are born, and it's through Jacob's line that eventually Jesus will be born of Mary. So this, on a historical level, just continues the family tree leading to Jesus. Second, like Sarah, Rebekah is barren until the Lord blesses her. And as Isaac was a miracle child, and as that foreshadowed the miracle child Jesus being born to the Virgin Mary, once again, the birth of Jacob and Esau to a barren woman vaguely foreshadow that miracle child of the future, Jesus, our Savior. Third, Esau, the firstborn son, serves the younger who undeservedly receives his blessing. Christ, the only begotten Son of God, serves us, though we don't deserve it, so that we might receive not just his blessing, but his kingdom. Fourth, this story features the great reversal. God exalts the lowly over the powerful. We see this elsewhere in Scripture, time and time again. Gideon and his 300 men defeat the vast army of the Midianites. David defeats Goliath. David, by the way, is the youngest son of many, and he's the one who becomes king of Israel. Likewise, Esau should receive the blessing as the firstborn, but by God's will... Jacob receives that blessing instead. When Jesus is born of Mary, he is born of lowly estate. He comes as a humble servant. And rather than buddying up to the rich and the powerful and saying the kingdom of heaven is yours because you're successful, he spends his time with the poor, the downtrodden, the the notorious sinners, and tells them that the kingdom of heaven is for them because... God favors them. So this is a theme of the great reversal. The ones you least expect getting God's favor, receive God's favor. The ones that you'd most expect glory-wise receive God's favor, they often go away empty-handed. Fifth, and this might be a bit of a stretch, in order to be blessed by Isaac... Jacob wears those animal skins, right? He's dressed up in goat skins and then Esau's clothing. Does this foreshadow Christ, the blessed Son of God, 
who puts on our flesh becomes man to die in our place that we might be blessed? We'll give that one a maybe. Maybe. All right. So that's a quick look at the story of Jacob and Esau from Genesis 25 and 27. The Lord bless your further meditation on this story and how it points to our Savior, Jesus Christ. God grant you every good gift if you are teaching this story to others. And until we speak again, the Lord order your days and your deeds in his peace. Amen.